0: Alright, good morning listeners and uh, welcome to this week's edition of News from the Drug War Front. My name is Jeff. my co-presenter is Marion. Good morning.
1: Good morning Jeffrey. good morning my darlings, how are we this morning? It's beautiful outside and believe it or not despite the fact that it's Melbourne Cup Day. It's not raining. No,
0: it's <laughs> And it's, it's actually a
1: pleasant day. Wasn't it gorgeous yesterday?
0: And the day before.
1: Oh, yes. And then Saturday was just monstrous. That wind was shocking. Yeah. But we're getting to summer. Come on, summer. I'm well, looking forward to Well, these sort of it. days are almost perfect, I Yeah, it's so probably right for you. I know that most of the people that, you know, in a Canberra who've got, you know, supports underneath, I tend to get very hot and uncomfortable in summer, but... Long springs, which we don't tend to have, but long autumns, which mm. we do have, generally probably the most pleasant. I think so. Pleasant um, season that we have in Canberra. Anyway, we're here, my loves. So yes. Um, we'll Hopefully,
0: um, we'll have some stories and discussion to keep you entertained, and a few songs along the way. Yep. Um, just to give you an idea of some of the um, information that we're going to talk about. Um, there's a very good piece by uh, Bill Bush, who's president of Families and Friends for Drug Law Reform. An
1: important piece, actually, because it's an answer to the the bloody federal commissioner, the police commissioner, which was really infuriating on the 25th, I think it was, Monday the 25th. Well, we talked about it last
0: week, so... Yes, yeah.
1: um, but Bill did a, a response to that and send a... Um, um, sent a letter to the Friends of um, Families for Drug Law Reform to inform them that uh, a the piece responding he wrote got printed it. in the Canberra Times. Too. Yes, yes. Which is great.
0: And uh, so we'll read that and have a chat because I think it's very, very important to. Um it
1: is. It's local and it's important to us and what we're doing and well, what we're trying to persuade other people to do. We do not need a police commissioner who is a, a, an anti drugs campaigner. It well, doesn't help us.
0: Using language like it's going to create narco-tourism and... Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's... I mean, that's just it's way over the top. It's
1: sensationalist, narco-tourism. You Come know, on. it's not Colombia, you know. We're no. not talking no. about the whole... And, you know, we had that same problem, I think, when Gabriel Bama was doing the research on, for... Um, heroin trial. Yeah, the acceptance of the heroin trial. And the you know, I think that came out then too, that maybe we were, we were talking about like recruiting tourists to come to Canberra and get onto the program in Canberra simply because it was here. And, you know, there, were ways, there are ways around that if that's a reality.
0: Well, you had to be local and have lived here to start There were criteria if it had got up. Yeah, I mean.
1: it was just, I mean, it could well have, if we hadn't have been, you know, so heavily slammed by John Howard, the potential for it to be um, run and conducted Terrifically, and because it was everywhere else, it's been run really well, and it's been very successful, and made um, well general your average citizens out of people who were wearing that horrible junky
0: yeah know, t- label and, yeah, on them. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but no so would Bill's be very written different. a good article. Yeah. and yeah. we'll yeah get no. Back. I think it's very important we um. Have a chat about it, that. Yeah. Uh, I've got an update from Chris about um, the situation uh, for our community with COVID and um, uh, things like a quarantine hotline number, etc. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Another piece I came across was um, the former um, head of Mushroom Records, Michael Gidinski, died yeah, earlier this year. Yeah,
1: that from the, the piece from the Age. Yeah, that was a pretty unkind article. It wasn't a really badly phrased. Well, it. it Really
0: sensationalist. I mean... Well, uh,
1: yeah. And, surprise, and, surprise yeah. from the age, yeah.
0: And <laughs> uh, what about his family's feelings? And
1: Well, yes, and, you know, his family were quite... I don't think they were particularly surprised about what went on, but the man was in pain. He wasn't well. Um, he was, uh, well, wasn't a young man no, by any means. No. He had a heart disease. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, back... back. Pain from you know, I had
1: back pain from um, an accident. So you know, there were reasons for. That. But the thing was, when you say there are something like ten drugs in someone's system, that what do people take away from mm-hmm. that? Is that oh no, this guy's been taking twenty drugs? Well, for crying out loud, the number of drugs, you know, the length of times that the drugs stay in your bloodstream or in your body. And then get um, detected either by urine or by blood testing, um, doesn't actually say how intoxicated they are. Mm -hmm. And that's always been a problem for drug users. Is that, you know, the idea that if you consume more than one drug or a drug in an illicit way that's been acquired illicitly, that you're, you know, you're a drug user Mm -hmm. in the worst
0: terms? Lesser person. It's just not.
1: Yep. It's not true, not no. kind, not pleasant, no. and it's very difficult to argue against when some idiot writes an article that, you know, st- takes some high moral ground and really probably been sitting there waiting for this coronial, for this inquest, yep. you know, response or the coroner's... Um, mm just the it uh, just drives me crazy you know I just get so <gasps> fustered by the thought of it they yeah. just have to be rude about it yeah. 20 drugs for crime it's crying so predictable out, that yes
0: it's going to be sensationalized rather than balanced or and and quite frankly does the public really have a right to know no this information? The,
1: I, well that's the point isn't it the public doesn't have a right to know that and the stuff that we do have a right to know we're not being told. No, well, that's the really, yeah. really important <laughs> stuff, yes. is over at, at COP. Yeah. And you just think, oh, yeah, COP that. Yeah. Good luck. And yeah. uh, Macron, no, we noticed Macron, you know, was sort of bumping up forearms with him, but um, Macron still got his mask on, but I, you couldn't see his mouth. But by his golly, if those eyes couldn't yeah. shoot daggers, they would be. Yeah. It didn't look like it was a happy chappy when he was associating no. with our Prime Minister. No. And I'll tell you what, if anyone's going to be remembered for anything, Geoffrey, this COP in Glasgow is going to be something that leaders can be remembered for. Mm-hmm. So if you behave like a statesman there, and yep. we haven't got one of them no. present, present, representing Australia, but if you do behave like a statesman there, the potential for your you being remembered favourably... Is very high. Well, we have yeah? an
0: existential crisis, it's not we just some minor issue. Look,
1: that... and actually, I was listening to one of them um, this morning. I'd look, I'd look, we'll talk about that later. Oh, mm. Let's get into a yes. normal introduction and we'll talk about this later on. Yep.
0: Look, uh, for people who haven't heard the show before, um, News from the Drug War Front is brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation Advocacy, which is a peer-based community-controlled drug user organisation with over two decades serving the ACT. Um, part of the aim of the show is to um, raise the issue of uh, prohibition, which we've had for over five decades, and uh, is basically largely unchanged, certainly here, um, and leads to all sorts of human rights abuses Stigmatizing discrimination of people who use drugs, um, and we'd like to acknowledge the efforts of peers and activists who've contributed uh, to the fight against the war on people who use drugs, and reaffirm our commitment to continue fighting as best we can. That's and I think right. having a conversation is a really important part of that,
1: Mary. If we don't talk about it, Jeffrey, what nothing happens. Yeah. If the issues aren't raised, nothing happens. So even if idiots write articles, at least it's something we can discuss. Yeah. And you know. Make our feelings known about it, and this show is one of the few that's available. For well, you know, the only one in Canberra, obviously, but one of the few shows that you find where people we can discuss our feelings, mm. and it's a different approach yes. to drugs and drug usage. Yeah,
0: instead of the usual. Yeah. Instead of the usual. Drugs are bad. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, karma. The sponsor of the show provides a wide range wide range of services such as client advocacy, peer treatment and support, education, information, creative arts, mentoring, and referrals. The Karma office is located in the Church's Centre at Shop Seventeen, Level One, Fifty Four Benjamin Way in Belconnen, and the drop in centre is actually open, um, but you must be masked when you come, and probably better to ring. Karma first if you want to come in and see someone face-to-face. The line is six two five three three six four three. Um, there's also a, uh, a COVID hotline because uh, Karma is supporting people in the community if they're COVID positive or if they are just being tested and, you know, waiting for a result or if they've been in contact with people who are COVID positive or ill with it Um, if you're
0: in quarantine you can get uh, if you're in quarantine anyway
1: you can get supported by karma so yeah and jeffrey's got the line because i forgot didn't write the number down because i was sure it was on my script and of course it wasn't and i don't remember it off the top of my head because my brain's dead
0: no we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) with we
1: will get to that anyway karma's uh first opioid overdose Karma's Australian first. If you had overdose recognition and response with naloxone workshops are not currently being run in person, but they will be back soon. Now that we're open, or the camera is open, um, but they're still doing brief interventions with individual clients. So if you ring Dave or Damo on that number six two five three three six four three, then you can have uh, get some naloxone and uh, learn how to bring people back basically from a fatal Mm. overdose. Yeah, it's powerful. Um, So there's a lot of other things that Karma does like opioid maintenance or support with it. Opioid maintenance treatment programs, support with treating hepatitis C. Also, Karma's involved in the Reach Teach Treat initiative with hepatitis ACT. Um, The availability of detox and rehab services if you need them. Wide-ranging negative impact of stigma and discrimination, which we really we speak about every week just by, in the nature of the articles mm. that are presented. Um, difficulties with getting access to proper pain relief and palliative care, which is a huge problem for a lot of drug users and sometimes is actually the fundamental reason for them using opioids or opioid-based drugs. In fact, all issues faced. Adversely uh, faced by people adversely impacted by Prohibition and the war on people who use drugs.
0: Yeah, look, I'll I'll get into Chris's update. Um, uh, There's an attachment, uh, which is from ACT Health, about the pathway forward. But uh, anyway, um, Chris says this week there is a buzz in the air as uh, the lockdown restrictions uh, ease and people are allowed more freedoms in Canberra. So uh, make sure you stay abreast of the ongoing changes by visiting the ACT Health website. For those of you who don't have internet access, um, there's an excerpt from the ACT Health website, which I can open and um, talk about the attached plan, uh, lockdown steps uh, from October 29th onwards. From Karma's perspective, we are now open for clients to come back into our drop-in centre in Belconnen, um, which is a level one church centre, uh, to get face-to-face peer-based support for anyone who is a person who uses drugs, or anyone who wants to engage with drug treatment services. Karma's Clinic, which is an in-reach by Directions nurses and doctors, will um, start again uh, on the 10th of November. And we're stoked to welcome back our partners from Directions uh, to be there yeah, to serve. Yes, have got a can.
1: list of the buses, um, <clears throat> the PAT bus too. Yeah, that there, look, there's a lot of um, from good then.
0: collaborations we've got going. Indeed. So when you come into Karma, we do ask that you wear a mask... Uh, while you're on site and follow the COVID-19 protocols that are there to keep us all safe. Karma continues to support people who use drugs who are isolating in Canberra, providing essential uh, in-reach and supplies where the community can't provide for themselves due to marginalisation. Karma can also support you to find the right pathways if you need to get on the opioid maintenance treatment program, that's methadone, suboxone, Bivital, sublocade, in order to uh, complete your isolation. The key takeaway message from the week's uh, this week's Karma update is that if you are struggling through the lockdown, and especially if you've been asked by the ACT government to isolate, please reach out to Karma on that office number, 6253 3643, which is our main line, or ring our dedicated quarantine hotline. And uh, I'll read it out twice, so if you've got time to grab a pen. 0448 340 940. That's 0448 three four zero nine four zero that is run seven days per week 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. on weekdays and 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. weekends so that's zero four four eight three four zero nine four zero All right I'll just try and open up the uh, pathway forward and see if there's any uh, okay talks about yeah the pathway forward um, the guiding principles is putting the health and wellbeing of the community at the forefront of decision-making. While COVID-19 continues to circulate circulate in the community, uh, we're working to increase vaccination coverage. Restrictions will remain in place. We look forward, um, we'll look to get as many people back to work as we can, as soon as we can. We're aware of the impacts on mental health of ongoing restrictions, and we will support mental health activities and prioritise outdoor activity. Look, there's quite quite a a detailed um, pathway from phase A to phase B to phase C, um, that that's on the ACT Health website and also on the Karma website. If you want one of it. We've
1: got um, some bits on the in our script, Jeffrey. Karma COVID nineteen activities. All Karma programs uh, remain up and running via phone and Zoom. Karma is supporting community members who are unable to isolate without support. Its support includes grocery deliveries as well as referral to alcohol treatment, another drug, or alcohol, tobacco, and other tr- drug treatment and help with uh, tobacco or uh, NRT and, uh, and alcohol or access to detox services. It's now, Karma is now on site at the new quarantine facility in O'Connor, Ragusa, supporting Calma, uh, people in isolation there seven days a week as part of the YWCA community hub. Karma is partnering with Directions, which Jeffrey, as Jeffrey said, providing peer support to nurses, vaccinating in housing sites across Canberra, and I'll tell you those sites in a minute. Um, Karma have trained public health staff at Regusa, in the Lockson administration, to ensure appropriate responses to overdoses to overdoses that happen in place at the facility. The weekly pat locations—that's the bus that comes from Directions—Monday. The bus is at Margaret Timpson Park, which is in Belconnen. Megan and Tristan are on the bus. It's generally open about from 9 o'clock till 3 o'clock. Um, Tuesday, Canangra Court. Megan and Ben will be there. Wednesday, at Oaks Estate, Allie and Ben will be on the bus. Thursday, Ainsley Village with Allie and Kath. Friday, City Veterans Park. Park That's the one across the road from the early morning centre. Um, and Ali and Andrew are on the bus on Fridays, and as I say, generally from nine o'clock until four, th- uh, till three o'clock. Yeah, in the and afternoon. we've
0: had karma um, workers involved um, as That's well right. on certain yeah. days, and it's been a, a great collaboration. In fact, the Pat Van's fantastic, and,
1: it, and it, you know, not before time. It's really good to have the networking between organisations rather than the competitive. It's the reality with drug treatment and drug. Information is that it's a continuum. There are, you know, people are pre-drug users, if you like, and then they're current drug users and then they may become ex-drug users. Mm. Um, but we don't want them to be dead drug users. No. Um, and the best way to stop that from happening is to have informed people taking drugs of choice in a situation that is safe um, and staying alive and happy and comfortable and well within the community, their community, mm-hmm. uh, and being accepted and not judged. So, yeah, there's plenty to think about there and um, plenty to talk about too. Maybe we might um, go on to Bill's thing, do you think, Geoffrey, or do you want to uh, wait you
0: know, until the, after the so news I'm going? Yeah, look, we might... Um, I'll just do the disclaimer and then we'll do a song and then oh, perhaps we'll the news do that, and I beg your then we'll do bill bush anyway the contents of this news from the drug war front broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and or policies of the canberra alliance for harm minimization and advocacy karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and does not promote illegal activity karma recognizes that drug use happens and as such karma focuses on harm reduction messages drug treatment support services advocacy and community development Karma seeks to reduce the harms associated with drug use as well as the harms associated with the criminalisation of drug use through the provision of empowering programs that concentrate on community development, person-centred holistic health care and equity of health service delivery for all people. And I think that's been one of the great things that um, Karma has done in partnership with other organisations is be there to meet the special needs of a marginalised right. community. And
1: to actually ensure that... that no matter who you're with, no matter what you use, no matter what service you're attending, that you're not going to be met with by discriminatory behaviour, by judgmental mm. behaviour, even though, you know, some drug users are more judgmental and more discriminatory oh, absolutely. than the wider community. Mm. and uh, But, you know... People are people, you know. Peoples yep. is people, that famous line from, you know, yep. no. the Muppets in Take Manhattan. That's peoples true. is peoples. Yep. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll go to a song and then we'll um, come on with the show. We've got Bill Bush's article and uh, lots more besides. This is um, Janice Joplin and uh, me and Bobby McGee. All right, welcome back to this week's News from the Drug War Front. That was Janice Joplin and me and Bobby McGee, written by Chris Christofferson. OK, uh, just before we get up to the 11 o'clock news, I just sort of mention that there's uh, a pop-up COVID-19 clinic this week um, where you can come by and get a COVID-19 test or a COVID-19 vaccination, have a chat with the support team, grab a fresh coffee and also breakfast too. Um, and today, uh, Canangra Court in Reid... Gerildery Court, 9am till 12pm. Wednesday, 3rd of November, Condamine Court and Gerildery Duril- Court, 9am till 12. Thursday, 4th of November, Braddon Court, Reed Court and Gerildery Court, 9am till 12. Friday, 5th of November, Ainsley Court and Gerildery Duril- Court in Reed. I have trouble saying Durildery. uh, 9am till 12. And that's collaboration between ACT Government, Directions, uh, karma and also RecLink. so um anyone that hasn't uh or feels they haven't uh or they need a test or uh haven't had their vaccinations uh, this is a good opportunity to um have them come hopefully somewhere close to you uh have a chat grab a fresh coffee have some breakfast and uh get a COVID test or vaccinations so that's really important and that's been one of the really um good not good things about covid but one of the um great responses has been the uh, partnership between uh, karma and other organisations to try and make sure that people from a marginalised and discriminated community are not left behind um, in this uh, pandemic situation. And there's been um, a lot of great work, as we mentioned before, with um, groceries and keeping people supplied with cigarettes and uh, other other essentials so they don't need to go out and... uh, risk uh, getting out in the community um, and also work at um, the new quarantine centre in Ragusa with karma uh, workers involved there. It's been um, very successful collaboration and a very sensible way to respond. I think um, uh, you have to have policies that actually reflect the diversity of the community that you have and uh, uh, attuned to the needs of those particular people. And I think that's been one of the great... Um, Achievements uh, by Karma and partner organisations has been to uh, keep those um, concerns of that community um, in, in the policy mix and have the ear of government and um, respond accordingly. So that's been, that's been really important. Um, after the news, we're going to get on to the story um, about Bill Bush's article uh, that was published in the Canberra Times entitled Drug Law Reform save lives, not destroy communities. It's a very important piece um, and I think it sets to rest a lot of the um, alarmist rhetoric that came um, about the proposed decriminalisation bill in the ACT uh, that was put out in the media by the AFP uh, commissioner last week and, um, and sets the, the, the debate in a, in a much more balanced and reasonable um, tone. Because the only way things are going to improve is if we have a proper intelligent conversation. We've had prohibition for over 50 years and uh, the situation has um, not improved. We have uh, more drugs than ever and um, people making huge amounts of money and it affecting the community in lots of negative ways. Um, So we need a conversation and a dialogue about uh, alternatives to what has been just consistent failure. And the old definition of insanity is to keep repeating the same things that have failed and expecting uh, a different outcome. Anyway, enough of my high horse. Here's, here's the 11 o'clock news. All right. Uh, welcome back to this week's news from the drug war front on community radio Two XX 98.3 FM, People Powered Radio.
1: Indeed.
0: And we were mentioning uh, before the news, Marion, about the uh, article that went into the Canberra Times, but there was a sort of um, notice that Bill sent out to members of Families and Friends for Drug Law Reform. Yeah, and
1: I'll just quickly read that out. Dear FFDLR family, that's Families and Friends of drug law, for Drug Law Reform, he says, on the day of our remembrance ceremony, Monday the 25th of October, the AFP commissioner was telling the State Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee that ACT decriminalisation would lead to organised crime, swamping the ACT with drugs, with disastrous consequences. That was on Canberra Times, Tuesday the 26th of October, pages 1 and 5. Liberal Senator Zed Seselja, surprise, surprise, who has been trying to whip up opposition to the proposal, pounced on this, proclaiming that, quote, as a father of five, when I think about my kids' The idea of them growing up in a territory where hard drugs like heroin, ice, hard drugs—I love that term—heroin, ice, and MDMA are decriminalised is incredibly distressing, as I'm sure it is for most parents. My opinion piece rebutting the incre- uh, the AFP uh, the incredibly distressing no sorry my opinion piece rebutting the AFP commissioner and senator is attached. Pleasingly, it was published in Saturday's paper, the 30th of October. I attach it for your interest, which means we're going to read it in a minute. I refer to the, increased in drug su- the increase in drug supply and availability in the decade 2010 to 2020. This information was published in the Illicit Drug Data Report 2019 to 2020. Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission, Canberra City. It's distressing that our leading police officer should be should ignore evidence that contradicts his position. So that was... uh, Anyway, so we'll go on to his...
0: Actual piece. Actual piece, which is
1: really well worth listening to.
0: Yeah, look, uh, he's a good man, Bill. Um, And this was published in the Canberra Times on the 30th of uh, October and it's entitled Drug Law Reform Will Save Lives, Not Not Destroy destroy Communities. communities. On Monday, when 150 of us were gathered together to remember the 20,000-plus avoidable drug related deaths since the first remembrance ceremony held 25 years ago in 1996, an altogether different dialogue was taking place in Parliament House. There, the Australian Federal Police Commissioner, Rhys Kershaw, was telling his audience that the proposal before the ACT Assembly to decriminalise small amounts of some illicit drugs would mean that, quote, organised crime will want to target this community because they can move their product quite easily, end quote. Our gathering saw the world very differently. The very policy changes that we welcomed, the AFP Commissioner prophesied, would bring back rack and ruin. The public health and treatment focused approach, such as former Liberal Chief Minister Kate Carnell had advocated, would have saved the lives of the loved ones whom we gathered, gathered to remember. Where does the truth lie? If the Commissioner is so bent upon protecting the ACT community from drugs, How does he explain the booming state of the Australian illicit drug market as revealed in the illicit drug data report published earlier this month? A 28% increase in border detections of methamphetamines, a a 1,961% increase in MDMA and a 447% increase in cocaine in the decade to 2019-20. Market indicators tell us a lot about the state of the illicit market. These are indicators like price, purity and availability. If Pershaw and his mob were effective, prices should be rising, purity declining and availability becoming more difficult. Instead, they have to have the hide to proclaim victory on the basis of statistics that prove their failure. To add insult to injury, the Australian Federal Police, through its Drugs Harm Index, uses the level of seizures as the basis for the benefit they claim that they provide to the Australian community. The index puts a cost of harm on every unit of drugs seized, claiming that to be a measure of the harm that the Australian Federal Police has protected the community from. Instead, it is a measure of the failure of their efforts. Farmers know that they're getting on top of their rabbit problem if their catches are netting fewer and fewer rabbits. That, however, is not a good return for the catchers if they're paid on the basis of the number of rabbits that they catch.
1: If the words of the AFP are to be lamented, so much more is the shameless willingness of our own Senator Zed Seselja to play political games with this life-and-death issue. Ah, yes, he's absolutely right that Kershaw's warning was, quote, incredibly distressing, in quote, for parents... There is a more effective way to reduce heart drug supply which has nothing to do with well-intentioned law enforcement effort. A Californian study of cocaine compared with the relative effectiveness of treatment with various forms of law enforcement in achieving a reduction in the number of users, the quantity of drug consumed and the societal costs of crime and lost productivity that arise from the use of the drug. The study estimated that the, quote, the costs of crime and lost productivity are reduced by $7.46 for every dollar spent on treatment.
0: Wow, that's quite Substantial, yeah, yeah isn't substantial. It?
1: 700 yeah, well, per cent. Um, this was four times more efficient than domestic drug law enforcement, the most effective form of drug law enforcement. Heroin-assisted treatment in Switzerland produced a reduction in drug trafficking and drug use and possession offences of between 54 and 85%. The European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction described as consistent findings of the Swiss and other trials quote, major disengagement from criminal activities such as acquisitive crime to fund continued of street heroin or other street drugs. Portugal, too, with its decriminalization, has experienced a decline in, quote, recent and current drug use amongst those aged fifteen to twenty-four, the population who were most at risk of initiating a long and long-term engagement. Treatment clearly reduces demand with the in with it the incentive to supply. The funding devoted to drug law enforcement in the ACT needs to be reinvested in treatment and support services Monday's remembrance ceremony bore witness to the stigma and marginalization inflicted by our present drug laws more than any other social policy they undermine the ACT's commitment to quote promote respect for human rights foster a safe and cohesive community and champion equity of opportunity, access and particip- participation. The law that Mr Kershaw, or Commissioner Kershaw, wants to maintain is a driver of stigma and discrimination that is directed at both people with mental illness and those who support them. Mental, um, sorry, In the words of the Productivity Commission... These are among, quote, key factors driving poor outcomes in Australia's mental health system. The AFP and Commonwealth politicians would do well to keep their nose out of matters within the remit of our ACT elected government. Bill Bush is President of Families and Friends for Drug Law Reform. It's a really good article and it really speaks quite clearly to the reality of what's going on in the ACT and to the absence of reality, if you like, in Zed Suselge's so-called fear for his children. There's an article I noticed that we may do later on that, uh, let's face it, everybody uses drugs. That was in the age, November, the one that's yesterday, I think. Let's be honest, most of us have used drugs, including me, by Catherine Lumby. It's a really interesting article. Yeah. Um well, but, it's hard for know, people
0: to come out in public and be honest about their own personal.
1: Absolutely, I mean, the, I can't imagine actually doing this show on television, Geoffrey. Really, it's one of those things. Shudder. thought, <laughs> yeah, it would be very difficult. Um, even politicians that ever say that they have used an illicit drug, hmm. let alone including, let alone including the legal drugs they use like coffee, tobacco, alcohol, yeah. and their prescribed medications. Um, have to say that like they didn't inhale like Bill Clinton, mm, yeah? Yeah. He was in the room and marijuana was being smoked but he didn't inhale because it seems like a death sentence to admit consumption of drugs yeah. in any form and that's just crazy. We have
0: to move beyond that sort of black and white, um, good versus evil Absolutely. sort of...
1: Absolutely and, and we always come back to that morals viewpoint, isn't it? It's not about whether it's good for you or not. We do a lot of things in this society that aren't good for us because the law says we must. um, Or statistics say that it is better that we do that. But it's not a reality. It's based on data that is manipulated for the the purposes of the person that's presenting the information. Mm. And that's always going to be a problem when we look at... it's lies, damned lies, and statistics, isn't yeah. it? You can use stats for whatever purpose you want to use them for, if it suits your purpose. Yeah. And people do.
0: Yeah, I think the really sad thing is that it's it's so um, perverted. We can't even have a, an honest discussion. You
1: yeah. know. Yes. the The debate doesn't ever start from the right place, does it? Doesn't no. start from the the position that people use drugs. Mm. They do. That's the reality. That's it. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Just, yep. So that's No matter a given, how you feel yeah. about it, if you just take that as a given, it can start the, the discussion, not debate, the discussion yeah. from there. Yeah. Take the emotion out of it. Just assume people use drugs, whether they're legal, they're illegal, whether they're intoxicants or whether they're simply mild stimulants, yeah? Um, not good or bad, they mm. just are. Yeah. Drugs don't do anything by themselves. It's people that use them, people that use the drugs and people's behaviour that we need to change as well as their attitude to drug use. But,
0: And it has been ever thus.
1: Uh, well on 2,000 years. Yeah. And probably longer if we take the fact that probably the Indigenous uh, community of Australia has been around for what 40,000 years? Even longer, I think. I yeah. would say that there's, you know, there's bound to be um, an intoxicant that they've been using for 40,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> because something um, that acts as a drug most things that repair infection or reduce infection or stop infection yeah, it's all sorts are of a drug. Any, anything that is a chemical that changes the way your body would naturally behave mm. is a drug, a drug yeah. effectively.
0: Yeah. Actually, speaking of um, First Nations, I saw a really powerful documentary called Incarceration Nation on yes, SBS. I, Did you I, see a bit of
1: that? No, or? I didn't see it, but I saw it's advertising. How was it? Was it good?
0: Oh, best, best thing I've seen about the issue of the treatment of, you know, since Captain Cook and the colonisation of the country. That was
1: produced by NITV though, wasn't it? I mean, from a, was it I or was think it they. Not?
0: Were, I, I can't remember the credits too well, but I think they were a part of the yeah, production. But that's
1: but, how you would probably get a fairly respectable approach or, a, um, yeah, a, a reasonable approach to the issue uh, rather than just a yeah, a damning, of the, if you like, of either the community or the wider community or the Indigenous community, whichever way you're going to get a damning of someone. I
0: think it was about 90 minutes, but it, it was um, a broad uh, investigation of the history, um, the reality of um, stealing children, uh, oh, yeah. Massacres, um, state government legislation—you know, sending people to missions and um, forced, almost forced labor, where it's, people didn't get paid. Speaking of
1: ever thus, Geoffrey, doesn't it seem to you that that's been happening in every country in the world, not just Australia? I know there's been a lot about the indigenous, um, the aboriginal, as they call them, of Canada. Mm. Um, and the deaths that were associated with stealing their children and putting them into orphanages yes, yeah. and trying to uh, assimilate them with the white community, the invaders, if mm-hmm. you like. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's been the same in ev- everywhere where there's been an invasion of whether it's the Dutch, the Portuguese, the English, you know, some European power, the Belgians, mm. somebody that had a navy that could travel, they would invade The Spanish, South America, yeah. have uh, brought with them not only their sexually transmitted infections, but their flus, their pandemics, um, their absolute in- um, insistence upon assimilating mm. the Indigenous population into so-called white culture. Um, but, yeah, it's, it just seems to me that it's been... That way, ever since we've looked at the history or the history of um, the you know making an empire I guess from by using a navy to invade another country yeah. and it's largely on the basis not of nece- well getting slaves was part of it, but it was basically an ec- economic issue, yeah mm. it was making sure that you could get. The whatever that country had to offer, and maximise it, make use of it, and make money out of it, and take the profits back to the home country.
0: Yeah, and the long term impact has been you and know, le- to impoverish, well, totally
1: you know. impoverish and murder the indigenous population. Yeah,
0: but I really recommend if you can watch, I'm sure you can do the, you know, online SBS. Um, I
1: think it'll probably be repeated as well. Um, I hope so. It deserves
0: to be. It yeah. Was, um, very, very powerful piece of um, television. Uh, will we go to a song.
1: Let's Aaron? do that.
0: Yeah, I thought I'd play. Um, this is Leonard Cohen uh, from the "I'm Your Man" album, and it's uh, "Everybody Knows." Oh yes. All right, that was Leonard Cohen with uh, "Everybody Knows" from the "I'm Your Man" album. Yeah, okay, we do he's too. such a distinctive voice, isn't he? Um, oh look, Leonard.
1: yes, and he's he's really a poet. Yeah.
0: He he's a poet.
1: His uh, his voice is very suited for giving us his poetry in a you know very deep and and you know really sexy way, but it's very the stuff he's written is just fabulous. I yeah, I
0: agree completely. Okay, um we're going to go on to the piece we mentioned uh earlier on about um in the age October the 28th by Stephen Brook about um release of um I guess, toxicology report into the death of Michael Gudinsky, who is a towering figure in the Australian music scene, um, founded Mushroom Records, um, was well known in the music scene. And
1: well loved. He was a great, great guy. And
0: um, this is how, I mean, I've actually edited out some of the details about his will and stuff. I don't think that's relevant. But the key issue that I want us to chat about, Marion, is the way it's
1: represented. He's represented. The way it's represented. yeah. Yeah.
0: Music promoter Michael Kudinsky died of mixed drug, mixed drug use with 12 drugs, including cocaine, oxycodone and morphine found in his system. Court documents released by the Supreme Court of Victoria last Thursday said the drugs were found in a man with existing conditions of heart disease, cirrhosis and recent vertebral f- fractures. The Mushroom Group issued a statement uh, confirming Kadinsky was given medication to treat an injury that he sustained before his death. Quote, Shortly prior to Michael's passing, he had a fall that resulted in serious vertebrae injuries for which he was prescribed various pain medications. The Gadinsky family do not feel it's appropriate to make any further comment about what is a private, personal matter. At the time of his death, Gadinsky was reported to have passed away in his sleep of a heart attack, although the official statement said he, quote, died peacefully. But his death certificate, released by the court, lists the cause of death as, quote, mixed drug use in a man with ischemic heart heart disease, end quote, a condition in which reduced blood supply starves the heart of oxygen. Um, I won't mention this 2019 Will stuff. Okay.
1: Despite not being able to play a single note, Michael Kudinsky was beloved and widely acknowledged as the most powerful person in Australian music. His social and emotional orbit encircled global rock stars and politicians back home. A three hour plus memorial service at Rod Labour Arena in March heard music and emotional tributes from Bruce Springsteen, Jimmy Barnes, Midnight Oil, and Elton John. Gudinski was beloved by many in the industry for his passion and enthusiasm and promotion, a promotion of younger acts. Singer Ed Sheeran, who flew to Australia and quarantined so he could perform at the memorial, has dedicated his new album to the promoter. When Godinski was buried on March the 10th at St Kilda Cemetery, roadies and stage crew gathered in black to honour him. The impresario died in the midst of the pandemic, which left the industry that he loved facing its greatest challenge. Mushroom partnered with the government on a number of initiatives to bolster live music, the the live music industry. Premier Dan... Neil Andrews called his friend a wonderful Victorian, a great Australian. We think of him kindly and fondly. Gudinski, born to Russian immigrants, his father a builder and his mother a homemaker, co-founded Mushroom Records with Ray Evans in 1973 and remained chief executive of the extensive Mushroom Group, the largest independent music and entertainment company in Australia and the first, I might say, Um, He was uh, the first Australian um, production company anyway, successful one anyway. His death certificate listed the drugs in his system. Now, listen to this, because this is, like, damned if you do. It's just rude. The drugs in his system were cocaine, ethanol, codeine, morphine, oxycodone, tramadol, diazepam, nordiazepam, temazepam, oxazepam. They could have just said benzodiazepines, Mm. metoclopramide and paracetamol. Well, paracetamol is a pain killer, as we know. There are a couple of kinds of pain relievers in there and a bit of cocaine. Kudinsky is survived by his wife Sue, son Matt and his partner, Matt's partner Cara, his daughter Kate and her husband Andrew and their children, Nina Rose and Lulu. He made no bequests and died debt free. Now why does that
0: need to be published?
1: Yeah, uh, look the list of drugs is just crazy. In Canberra, before I even started working at At which was 1984, that's how old I am, as if I have to tell you every week. Um, There were so many overdoses in the ACT, but none were ever called overdoses. They were always recorded as respiratory failure and it was left at that. And the problem with that, from my perspective, was that every time we just talked about it being respiratory failure we failed to acknowledge the fact that people used drugs yeah, in the It ignored ACG, the reality. Yeah. Totally ignoring the facts. Mm. Um, but actually appeasing the parents who were, were really very emotional about it and but also embarrassed and ashamed of it. The beauty of the Family and Friends for Drug Law Reform is that that and, you know, which Bill Bush, that we read the article from, is the president of at the moment, is that it brought together, gave people the opportunity to come together, mourn their loved ones, but also on the basis of their lived experience of being the parent or a friend or a child of a loved one who died from drug use of some kind, usually overdose, wanted to ask the government or lobby the government for a change in legislation. And this is the way people live. It's not about asking people to do something or making people... It's not going to make people use drugs. No. The fact that you change drug legislation doesn't change what people do. It only changes what you're allowed to do, basically. And surely the
0: intent is to make it safer.
1: That's right. It's not about encouraging people to use drugs. People don't use drugs because you change the legislation. They just can use drugs in a more safe way, Mm. in a safer way, sorry. More safe for crying out loud. A safer way because it's not illegal to do it. And we've got a list of... um, what is it? Overdose Prevention Tips by Mark Seth, Which I wanted Jeffrey to read it. Before I want to make you go sure to that, as I led... might just
0: mention, um, I'll send out a program highlights to a, um, oh, a yes. list of people. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a, um, a copy of a, a letter that came in response to that age article. Oh, um, Peter Higgs sent it to me. It's entitled Clarifying, quote, the drug use. And it says, while not factually incorrect, the story with the headline, Gadinsky died with 12 drugs in his system, published in The Age.
1: Was it seen... 12 or 20? It was 12, was it?
0: I think it's this
1: is
0: seems designed to sensationalize Michael Gadinsky's death it fails to note that other alcohol and cocaine that other than alcohol and cocaine all are common prescription drugs and may well have been legitimately prescribed yeah. while mentioning recent vertebral vertebral injuries it fails to note whether any of the drugs found have been prescribed for pain management in association with this. In listing the drugs identified and recorded in his death, sentence, death certificate, it fails to acknowledge that a number of these do not have to be taken or ingested by an individual to be found, as they can be produced in the body in the metabolism of other drugs.
1: Indeed. For
0: example, nordiazepam, temazepam and oxazepam are all metabolites of diazepam yep. and so may show up after just diazepam use. Indeed. Similarly, code- cocaine. Uh, sorry, codeine is a pro-drug drug with no analgesic effect of its own metabolized the morphine in the body i'm not saying kidinsky did not abuse or misuse with such with such use sadly often associated with the music industry but the articles focus on the quantity of drugs seemed to dismirch the impresario's legacy julie
1: lord absolutely and yeah really the, that highlights that article highlights that in such a big way the fact that they saw it as absolutely essential to enumerate the drugs mm. that were in his system. Look at this list. Yeah. That's right. And when we first uh were talking like years ago, Jeffrey, about having urinalist urinalysis to detect what's in somebody's uh system like people who are on parole or um have uh, were sentenced to by the courts and were are doing urinalysis or blood uh assessments to have a look at what drugs are in their system that, in fact, the first day that you use heroin, you know, it will come out of in your urine as heroin. The second day it'll come out as morphine. The third day it'll come out as codeine. Mm. So you don't have to have used all three drugs. You use one drug and it comes out in different metabolites, yeah. so th- that letter says, the letter says, depending upon how long it's been since they used the drug. And that's the really important point. There's no mention of marijuana, I might add, And you would have thought that if we're going to be talking about um, a drug that somebody might be using that is an illegal drug, that that might be there, right? Whereas, you know, the, the metabolites of, as you say, diazepam or of opiates are there and they can be used for pain relief particularly with back pain which is just a nightmare. Anyway, look, I'll just... Yeah, but no it's nice you know, to have yeah, that a letter great point. Sent, Yeah. and people have responded in a similar
0: way to the way we see it.
1: Absolutely. Alright, look, the overdose prevention thing, look, just the reason I wanted Geoffrey to get into this was because, this is a Overdose Prevention Tips by Mike Smith there's been... Um, We do this every week. I know we do. We're always saying be safe, take things safely. One of the major problems for me is that when people start to use, when people drink alcohol after having been away from society, so being in rehab or being in jail or being overseas, not having used illicit drugs or any kind of drug, that they don't, they're not careful. These drug tips, you're going to do them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yep. Oh, sorry. I'm just um, me being unclear about... When... No, that's
0: okay. No, look, it's just a, a brief summary of the stuff we normally say. Um, yeah. Opioids and benzodiazepines are widely prescribed. The following tips are meant to help prevent overdoses or help individuals act when an overdose does occur. One, never mix, mix drugs when using them and stay away from alcohol, as this can intensify the effects of uh, the drug and potentially lead to an overdose. Two... Only take the prescribed amount of opioids or benzos. If you are concerned about the drug's potential for abuse or might be experiencing withdrawal when not taking the medication, speak to your doctor about using something different. Three, keep naloxone on hand, especially if you notice that someone is using opioids or if you yourself are using them. Naloxone is a medication that when used, reverses the effects of opioid overdose and keeps someone stable until medical services arrive. For call emergency medical services immediately if you believe someone is overdosed, even if they haven't shown signs similar to an overdose, is worrisome and probably needs attention.
1: Yeah, no, that's I just think that's really important. Yeah, just to say it again, Jeffrey. But remember, people tend to use illicit drugs because they, first of all, they've started drinking they've had something to drink. That's usually And the that will drug, often yeah. reduce their resistance to using any other kind of drug or just to the, being persuaded or talked into using any other kind of drug. It's actually the alcohol that will reduce those inhibitions. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to be really careful of that and look after yeah, themselves be careful. and look after each other.
0: Yep. Well, we we'll do the uh, American story?
1: Yes, the one about Biden. Yeah, I yeah. think it's
0: um, really important. I mean, at least I think post-Trump we have a government that's actually trying to govern. Yeah, and There's
1: there's a fabulous article that Jeffrey's going to put on the website Is There a Case for Legalising Heroin? And it's actually a re- re- review of a book by, The review is by Benjamin Wallace-Wells in the New Yorker and it reviews an addiction researcher's book Carl Hart who argues against the distinction between hard and soft drugs. It's a really interesting article and I'd exhort you to read it but Jeffrey's going to put it on The website, the article we are going to read is Overdose deaths are so high that the Biden team is embracing ideas once seen as taboo. And this is by Brian Mann from uh, NPR.org, October the 27th. The Biden administration is rolling out a new coordinated strategy it hopes will slow the menacing rise in drug overdose deaths. Many of the core ideas are still viewed as controversial in many parts of the United States, including efforts to provide active drug users with clean syringes. That's controversial? Quote, We are willing to go places where our opinions and our tendencies have not allowed us to go before. Becerra said in an interview with NPR... Uh, Becerra says the pandemic and the spread of uh, the deadly opioid fentanyl made drug use far more dangerous. According to the latest preliminary data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, roughly 100,000 people in the United States died from overdoses over a 12-month period. 100,000. A massive surge from the year earlier. Patera said the federal government will now directly support ideas known broadly as harm reduction. That means providing direct support and care to people actively using illegal drugs. HHS will back clean needle exchange programs designed to slow the spread of diseases such as HIV, AIDS and hepatitis amongst drug users. The federal government will also provide Fentanyl test strips to help active drug users identify contaminated street drugs. We are literally trying to give users a lifeline, Pachera said.
0: Yeah, I think he's the health secretary in the Biden administration. But yeah, these are radical ideas in the US. For which, them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? These yeah. are radical and what we've been doing this for what? We've
0: had NSPs for NSP decades. NSPs since yeah. 1987,
1: 86. Yep. Yeah.
0: But in the US, they're still controversial. Okay, HHS, HHS doesn't take a position on safe consumption sites. In an interview with NPR, Pachera initially suggested his agency might be open to one of the most controversial of harm reduction strategies, creation of safe consumption rooms. Those locations proposed in New York City, Philadelphia, and other communities where people would use illegal drugs under some kind of supervision to minimise the risk of overdose. Quote, we're not going to say, but you can't do these other type of supervised consumption programs that you think work or that evidence shows work, Bachera said. But in a statement sent to NPR, an HH spokesperson walked back the comment. Quote, HHS does not have a position on supervised consumption sites, this statement said. The issue is a matter of ongoing litigation. The Secretary was simply stressing that HHS supports various forms of harm reduction for people who use drugs. (laughs) Drug consumption sites are still banned in the United States. The Justice Department has previously fought to prevent their creation. Harm reduction programs still face opposition. Many of the other harm reduction strategies that were outlined have been in place on a small scale around the country for years. They're often operated by grassroots groups or local local governments. Data suggests that they work, lowering death rates and transmission of disease. Quote, if you cannot prevent someone from becoming a user, then at least prevent them from harming themselves to the point of death, Becerra told uh, (laughs) National Public Radio. But the programs still face pushback from law enforcement and local leaders. In states like North Carolina, Pennsylvania and West Virginia, there's pressure to close down or restrict the very harm reduction programs Becerra is now advocating for. Becerra said important strategies for keeping active drug users alive have been, quote, left on the table that people have been too afraid to try because of political opposition. Part of the uh, President Biden administration's new approach will be to help overcome that resistance. Quote, it it is going to be tough. We need to get drug user buy-in. We need to get state and local partner buy-in, Becerra said. If we want to keep people alive, we've got to try everything the evidence says might work.
1: Well, the evidence says it does work. Mm. Yeah, but good point. Okay, praise from drug policy experts and calls for more sweeping change. Drug policy experts say this set of ideas could begin to change the federal government's role tackling the addiction crisis. Treating active drug users less like criminals and more like patients needing care. Wow, gobsmacking. Ryan Hampton, who's been in recovery from opioid addiction for seven years, says programs like these might have kept him safer. Quote, I entered recovery with all sorts of health care problems, including hepatitis, because I didn't have access to clean needles, he said. Hampton says harm reduction is needed even more now because of the spread of fentanyl. New federal research shows that more people in the US have been using drugs during the pandemic, putting them at high risk of overdose and death. More than 9 million Americans misused pain pills last year, despite the fact that many opioid medications sold on the street are counterfeit and come laced with fentanyl. But Chera wasn't willing to predict how quickly these new polities could shift the trajectory of the overdose crisis.
0: But it's better to make an effort it's Better than to the, have a go, yeah, I would, would thought, think. Yeah.
1: The administration plan, which comes along uh, with an $11.2 billion request for funding from Congress, also includes, includes greater access to drug treatment, a program to reduce racial and regional inequities in how people with addiction are treated an effort to reduce stigma for Americans suffering addiction. Drug policy experts and advocacy groups praised the new overdose response initiative as an important step, but some said it doesn't go far enough. Quote, their logic is the right logic, says Keith Humphreys, an addiction researcher at Stanford University. He goes on, it's what you do when you have an epidemic of addiction. You try to keep people from becoming addictive." you try to keep the people alive you can't treat and you try them t- to get them into recovery. Humphrey said that the impact of the plan would depend in a large part on Congress's willingness to provide adequate funding. Quote, there have to be dollars behind it, he said. Cassandra Frederick, head of the Drug Policy Alliance, also described the plan as encouraging... But she said the Biden administration needs to decriminalise drug use so that more people can get health care without fear of punishment. Frederick also said that the overdose crisis has become so severe that this plan's harm reduction steps may be too little, too late. Quote, when we've hit over 100,000 people dying of overdoses, the floor has changed, she said. And she is perfectly right. Yeah. It's a really interesting concept. And um, to think that here we are, what, there's 60 years into their drug crisis, 50 years into their drug war, I beg your pardon, um, is becoming worse over the last mm-hmm. decade yep. because of the overdose, so-called overdose crisis. Well,
0: and the the amount of fentanyl getting into you know, the even
1: well, the quality and quantity, purity and price has always been an issue, hasn't it, because of the legal status of the drugs. Um, but, you know, the United States is catching up. And as we saw or I say every week, you know, Winston Churchill famously said, the Americans will do the right thing eventually after they've tried everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're 50 years down the track. And they're starting to come to terms with the fact that maybe needle exchange might be useful. Better late no, than Treatment never. might be a good idea. Having access to treatment might be a good idea. Yeah. Crazy well, stuff.
0: Let's um, let's hope that can get support. Will we play a quick song then, yeah, wrap up the show? Yeah, let's do that. Yep. This is uh, T-Rex and Get It On. All right, that was T-Rex and Get It, it On. Sure um was. Good Just before Mark we wrap up the show, Maz, um, we've got some nice feedback Um from Jack, he says, G'day folks, first off, great show and agree with the commentary. Still remember that when we were discussing legalising homosexual acts between consenting adults that the backlash was predominantly make it legal and we'll all be doing it in six months.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> ain't that that's always the truth. Of course we would. Sad that the same argument continues to carry through today. Uh, Marion, I think you're pretty close with Michael Gadinsky Mushroom, but I think Alberts in Sydney was doing easy beats in early to mid 60s, followed by ACD, ACDC, Rose Tattoo, etc., and still going today. Also, sure, Michael Gadinsky had plenty of firsts uh, in a long career. Other stuff is nobody's business, but good on you for raising the problems raised by sensationalist reporting, which is gossip. Have a good one.
1: Good old Jack, too. I'm glad you know everything, Jack. Where we'd lost without you, wouldn't we? <laughs> But yeah, that's <laughs> well, nice. Well, it's actually true. But I actually think that um, he was the first Australian producer, right? I know that uh, Alberts did produce, it, but he didn't. They didn't actually have their own label. I thought that was a, an American label, but none of them here, there, nor there. That's not, what I wanted to say. Particularly before we went, was in the uh, introduction to Glasgow. There was a woman who made a very pertinent point in saying Mother Earth is not happy and I think if we look around the world today and look at the volcanoes and the earthquakes and the firestorms and the floods and the famine we must must be convinced a message that there, Mother somewhere. Earth is not happy. Yeah, you message. know, can you not say that? How many conferences do you have to have to be convinced of that? Really? Well, this is last
0: chance, uh, isn't it? Really? I mean, yeah. If if this just becomes another talk fest and yeah, people, another blah 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 yeah, as, Greta as Greta says, said, yeah. yeah.
1: And in fact, um, Bo Bojo, good old Boris, quoted her as well, which and I just think. Okay, Bo, nothing of your own to come up with. You quote Greta, which, you know, nice to acknowledge the fact that the young girl is actually making pertinent points, but really do something about it. Well, that Not generation just had... Freedom Day for, you know, when you've got 75,000 infected people with COVID in your country, you're opening up. And we've passed 5 million deaths globally. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah. a, just frustrating. Anyway. Yep. Have a good week, everybody. Um, it's yeah. Melbourne Cup Day today. I don't know what anybody else has picked. I decided that I'm going to go with the Ocean <laughs> Billy because it was my dad's <laughs> nickname, and he was a it's horse as good a way as anything. What's he jigger <laughs> if ever there was one? Yes. And he was a long odds. He's on long odds. And the other one I was going to pick was Incentivized, but it's only two dollars eighty. It's the favourite. So why why would you bet on the favourite when it gives you when you put a bet for 50 cents and it pays you 75 cents, it's just not worth it Yeah, really, look, growing up it? in Melbourne,
0: <laughs> Melbourne Cup Day was a huge um, Yeah, well, issue. it's the only
1: time I ever have a bet on the races these days. Yeah,
0: it was a public holiday in Victoria. Yeah. Schools yeah. would bring out TVs and watch the race, I remember.
1: Yes, and what... now it's held just after school, unless you're in Perth, of course. Yeah, so at 3.15 or so, I think it is. Yeah, first it's Tuesday in
0: November. Three,
1: yeah, 3 o'clock, right on the dot. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. All right, well, look, I hope um,
0: we found uh, or gave the listeners something of interest to think about. Um, that's
1: Yeah, what we're it's trying lovely to... to have feedback. Thanks, Jack, for that. Yeah, um, no,
0: cheers, Jack. That was yeah, very, it's very kind.
1: good to have feedback, whether it's uh, positive or otherwise, whether we're right or we're wrong. We never say that we are right. No. We assume we are. <laughs> we never say we are because if we're right and perfect – why don't we not just cark it today, hey? Yeah, no much point in looking forward to tomorrow because once you're right, once you're perfect, nothing to look forward to. Yeah, but look we're just after trying to encourage other.
0: people to think for themselves, yes, um,
1: and to look after each other. Yeah,
0: that's important. Yeah, we yes.
1: love you. I love you, Jeffrey. I
0: yeah, uh, love too, you Mary. all,
1: my listeners and yep. our listeners. And we will talk to Be you back next again week. next
0: week. Yeah, yeah, so look after yourselves. Um, yeah, keep in touch with people. If you know, you think they're struggling or...
1: That's right. And make sure if somebody's going to use and they're going to do it alone, make sure that you they you are there for them mm-hmm. on the other end of the phone, if nothing else. Yeah. Good, good point, man. Yeah. Very good point. All Stay right. well.
0: We'll leave you as usual with the theme song for this show. This is The Stranglers and Golden Brown. We'll be back again next week. See you next week. Bye, Bye. for now.